something, something interesting. Do something entertaining on the podcast. <laughs> hey, get yourself a piece of gum. Get yourself a piece nom, of gum nom, nom. right now on the, the podcast. The gum is delicious. Nom, nom. Oh, oh, all righty then. Duh. I ain't playing around, son. Make you strong like bull. Strong like bull. That's there right. There you right. go. Might have to look there into you, that. There you go. I'm just saying. All right. You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. As Matt carefully looks at the recording device and realizes that we've been recording for the last 10 minutes. I'm not surprised. All that crap. Yeah, well, for y'all's sake, I hope, because it's been pretty boring, but. Yeah. Yeah. Not too terribly raunchy or anything. Yeah. Unfortunately. And we're keeping it probably a little more PG-13 today for reasons you might learn soon. Because today we're broadcasting from the lovely downtown Kilgore, the Dragon's Nest. We're in the nest of the dragon. That's right. So I figured this might give us a different vibe. Yeah, being different perspective. surrounded by the energy of the friendly local gaming store with all the merchandise. Mm-hmm. Kind of sort of like being in the uh, gaming room. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of gaming paraphernalia. There's a ginormous spider, which I'm quite fond of. And um, well, you got Drutz Jordan over your shoulder exactly. there, too. Exactly. I know. He's got his twin blades fring and frying or whatever there. Ready for action. What were his blades? They had not, icing death and fang? Sounds right. Yeah, I think so. Because the other one is a flame sword, right? Yeah, that's probably the gold one, I suppose. But that is really a neat um, thing. Yeah. His and there's, wig is a little off-putting. Yeah, I will say, yeah. You know. uh, fur cloak's cool, though. He's and got a, his, his hairline's a little back. Well, you know, he's got a five head. Not a forehead. Um, and there's uh, uh, the gaming table I donated that resplendent with beautiful terrain. And the other gaming table they have, which is pretty cool. It's a cool table. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing. And you were talking about how much you were admiring the Warhammer fantasy stuff. Yeah, we were talking about that. Where I think I'd recently done a Google search and a number of sites placed it in the top five, which I remember I played the original Warhammer Fantasy, and I like the original game. I don't know the newer game, like it uses weird dice or something. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't tried it. I really can't say. I'd be curious to know if any of you have played, what do you think about Warhammer Fantasy, the most recent edition? Well, I was going to say we're uh, locking ourselves down pretty soon because I am sworn off of, uh, Games Workshop products, mm-hmm. and now we're getting away from Watsy Hasbro. Uh-huh. So soon we will only be able to play dice games that we've created ourselves. Right, which you know, um, and until and, we get sick of ourselves, and then you can't even play that. Exactly, those guys are a bunch of sellouts. That's right. All they do is play with themselves. So, exactly. Uh, what if anything? You know, we usually talk about at the top of it, the long con. Yeah. Eddie's proudly wearing his long con cap, his newer one, I'm guessing. Or is that the no, old? No, that's the same old janky, junky one. So why did we? It's you, sitting proudly uh-huh. on my nightstand right now. That'll be for, for fancy switchover. dress. You know, when he's going out, that's fancy true. dress. And this one he can wear when he's just kicking around in his jorts, you know. 
But anyway, but it's still in great shape. And you know, you can run through the, the washer. I've done mine. Yeah, but now yeah. I have another one just in case something horrible happens in the wash. Heaven forbid. But and yeah. I'm proudly wearing my Dragon's Nest t shirt. I almost I, wore my Dragon's Nest today. Almost. I am nothing if not a billboard. For products that we, we believe in. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> for the right price, I will wear your shirt or hat. He ain't, a tattoo on the forehead. He ain't cheap, but he can be had. Yeah. So the we already covered Long Con last time. It went really great. We got so much good feedback, so much good energy. I was still on Eddie the other day. It really blew my mind how many people I'm seeing that are tagging the Long Con page that are like, hey, here's my cool hanger I got on my game room door, or here I am wearing my cap, or here I am, here's my my new favorite coffee cup or whatever, and it's the Long Con cup. It's just kind of neat that we're getting all the that sort of thing going on, and I'm I'm loving it. By all means, tag us wearing your T-shirt or your hat or your sporting your mug. We love that. That's all I ever wanted was to be universally loved. Exactly. So we're finally getting there. There you go. So other than that, uh, the contract has been signed. Whoa. The deal is done. So we will be back at that venue next year. Everyone seemed to love it. It went well. The few little hiccups we had, we've addressed those, so it'll be even, I know, hard to believe, even better. And we're looking at making the long con longer by starting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. How do you like me now? I laugh at the sheer number of people that now that they're at home, in their homes, rested, fully fed, <laughs> that are like, oh, I know where this is going. let's just play all Thursday and go right into Sunday. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're saying one thing with, with your words on the internet, but your actions... Don't speak that, you know. Yeah, I'm still leaning towards one game on Thursday, which will be new and different. Mm -hmm. Full Friday, which is different. Mm -hmm. Full Saturday and one game Sunday. Sunday. I'm leaning very strongly towards that because we did have a really strong showing of vendors and games in our first slot on Sunday, which is new. And I'll say you showed up, you showed out, you changed my mind about Sundays a little. But a then little. a little bit, everybody drifted away second shift like they've always, always, always done. And you talk a good game, but after having been there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to be gamed out by Sunday. You're going to be pooped. And for those true Iron Man, Iron Woman diehards, you'll have that first game Sunday. And then won't it be nice to just pack up leisurely and go home Sunday afternoon? And it's about the time you need to check out of the hotel anyway if you're hotel yeah, living. Absolutely. And so, I mean, but if we just have some, I don't know, we'll see. But I'm excited about adding in Thursday night. Which means that the long con will probably start for us Thursday morning now. Like, Mm -hmm. go get stuff done, Mm -hmm. maybe have the pregame lunch. Mm -hmm. But then we'll be locked down, so there won't be any of that like, oh, let's go have a dinner the night before. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where, um, and if we start seeing people drift in Wednesday night, pre God, I'm just going to eat a pistol or something. We're going to ignore right. you. Exactly. We're going to say, we love you, but go away. We don't exist until Thursday. Exactly. But I would love to not, because we were under the gun trying to get ready uh, this year. This con, well, it was a, it was a smaller con. It was easier, the setup and the breakdown, but the more elaborate we're getting, the bigger we're getting, mm-hmm. which is great. I'm happy for it. Setup and breakdown is a little more intensive. Absolutely. I used to could fit everything, I think, in my back seat. Now it's like back of your truck, back of my truck. Now I almost have to make a second trip. Like I had to put some stuff in Heather's vehicle. So, because now that we have the um, awesome banner holders that our good buddies, James King and Garrett, 
uh, vans made for us. They're phenomenal. And thank you guys. Those are kick ass. They're really neat. But that's one more thing to tote and store. Not complaining, but I'm just, you know. Speaking you know. of those, I think James King needed that big tub back. So oh, he's got oops. another one of those for you. Oh, wow. Because he had, there's one that's unpainted that we ended up using. And then he painted one. Oh, wow. Once he painted it, it did not fit together anymore. Mm-hmm. So he's got to sand that one down or whatever. But we have two that size. Wow. Do we have enough banners that oh, size yeah. to fit? Yeah. Now, do we want to keep making banners that size would be the next question. Those suckers are huge. Yeah, they are. That's just, like I said, more stuff to have to stow, tote and store and all that. But luckily, you've got the space for it at your place <laughs> with all that emphasis. It's starting to get a little cramped, but it's all good. Um, anyway, where was I? Um, yeah, so that's kind of long con news. Um, do we want to start popping that pop culture? Actually... We've got to go into barbecue talk. It's barbecue talk time. Larry will get upset if there's no barbecue talk. Larry would be put out. And so today, before we started, we went by Country Tavern. So it was delicious. And like I said, while we were enjoying it, have you ever had barbecue so good that it makes you angry? (laughs) So that barbecue was so delicious, it made me angry that Carter's exists. Exactly. That somebody tried to debate that Carter's was like really good barbecue. I was like, no way. That's freaking floor. Retile your floor with that or something. Yeah. Keep it away from me. Well, when you think about like what we paid for lunch at Carter's and you look at what we paid for lunch at country tavern, country tavern is extremely proud of it, but they have a right to be proud. It really, really, the sides were good. The barbecue was good. Even That's not your everyday barbecue. That's your no, Sunday dinner barbecue. That, that, this is your fancy. It's somebody's birthday barbecue. It, it's a treat. But I'll tell you, like even the bread they served us was phenomenal. Yeah, it was fluffy and light and delicious. I mean, and you don't ever going to hear me rave about bread in any way, shape, or form. But I mean, even the bread impressed me. That's what I'm trying to say. Even the bread impressed me. But Yeah, and then know. we had the uh, Grill Master Gavin. How are you? Yeah. So uh, we had some delicious baked potato casserole, mm-hmm. which is like twice baked potatoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, some mac and cheese. Spicy mac and cheese. But it was really good. Yeah. Grill Master Gavin walked over for a moment, and then he saw we were recording. But Cool hat. He is the awesome chef here, yeah. the master chef, master chef of Dragon's Nest, which what. we've said it before, but part of their new gimmick is that they've got food here. And it's really good. And there are people coming off the street, not just gamers. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. is eating here now. So yeah. it's going to be like, oh, it's my restaurant that has the game shop in it instead right. of the game shop that has a restaurant. Pretty much. Pretty much. Because I've seen since we've been here, a handful of people come in to eat that you could kind of tell they, they weren't gamers. They weren't here to game. Or, but the good thing is, yeah. is they walk through. Uh-huh. They see all the board games, which are right up front, too. So that's yeah, probably easier for people to get into than like the giant demon statues and stuff like that well and I want, one thing think about think about if you went to a local like kind of restaurant to eat and you're looking at the usual stuff on the wall that's like oh look it's a picture of john wayne and from a movie or some barb uh, some barbed wire or something well instead now it's it's like all this cool paraphernalia that that's very interesting you know while you're enjoying your delicious patty melt or whatever or hamburger but yeah, just to, to say the country tavern, um, the ribs were delicious. The brisket was moist. 
tender, exactly. flavorful. Even the sausage I had, I'm, I won't, don't doubt they probably make it themselves or have someone make it for them. It doesn't seem like some store-bought stuff. It's really good. And just as soon as they put it out in front of you, you can tell it's full of delicious goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. It hits just right. Um, but, yeah, but interesting, aside about Country Tavern, I think we mentioned this. Well, let me this. ask you this. Go ahead. How did you get in trouble because of the ribs? <laughs> At, Country, At Tavern. Country Tavern. All right, so I'll tell you that story. So I had just moved to Kilgore and with a, uh, at the time, I think it was an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And one day she, I was talked about how I love ribs. I mean, if you wanted to make a mat trap, bait it with some country yeah. tavern ribs. And so she said, oh, you like ribs? Well, you're, you're in luck. Right outside of this town is one of the best barbecue joints around. It was in Texas Monthly in the top 10 at one, you know, whatever. Their ribs are dynamite. And I said, yeah, whatever. And she told me country tavern. So one day, which is where I got cut early from work, and I got home and I was starving. And I hadn't had ribs in a while. You know, you had, my mouth was set for ribs. And I remember what she'd said. So I did a quick Google. Wasn't far. Bebopped over to country tavern. Said, let me have a thing of ribs. So she said, you got it. And I laughed because the first time I was went there, and I said, I was looking like, where's your menu? And they're like, we don't have a menu. And I laughed because I was like, no menu. And she goes, sir, it's a barbecue joint. And I went, oh, yeah. I mean, you got ribs, you got brisket, you got sausage, right? Well, that's yeah. all fun and games until you go, but what about the sides? sides. And, and they're like, okay, yeah, you got us. You got us. And then they'll riddle off their sides and, and desserts. And they're like, would you like dessert? And I was like, well, what do you got? I haven't seen a menu. It could be anything. <laughs> you got honey-covered brisket back there or something? <laughs> and I would buy it and eat it. But anyway, so I get this thing of ribs. So I put them in the seat beside me carefully buckle them in lovingly you know i'm driving back to the house and the aroma is killing me so i said well i can just eat just one i have just one rib it's like bringing back the mcdonald's and getting that french fry smell yeah. one. so i took one bite and when i tell you i was in rib heaven those ribs are the stuff so i inhaled that sucker it was just a clean bone in about a minute so then i was like well i have one more you know, so even before I even get home with them, I've ate about three ribs. But then I get to the house and I thought, well, let me do a count of what's left. I'll leave half for her and I'll eat the other half for me. Well, I ate my half pretty fast and kind of set them off to one side. And I thought, well, she'll they're, never know. They're going to get cold and they won't be near as good. And you know, she'd never know. So I inhaled the other. <laughs> so I ate this whole styrofoam thing you know full of ribs and stuck out and threw them in the trash outside but a man the can bill. forget that you know I, me and eddie uh. we have these robust and magnificent manly beards but the downside is they can hold on to a, a an aroma evidence evidence and when she got home she leaned in for a kiss and boy that head jerked back she goes what do i smell on you and i was like uh, uh. another woman <laughs> Exactly. I'm cheating on you. And yeah, I think I got off better telling exactly. her that. When I told her I went to Country Tavern to get ribs without her and ate them all, oh, it was, I was put on the couch and it was a cold shoulder for about a week. <laughs> so yeah, Country Tavern ribs got me in trouble. So this place gets you in trouble a lot. Because <laughs> I'll tell this story on you. Uh-oh. Me and Matt for a long time would do the, oh, let's go to lunch and chit-chat and catch up. And one week you pay, and the next week I'll pay, and it, it, go back and forth, and don't interrupt. 
I was just going to say, this was kind yeah. of an unspoken gentleman's thing. Like, we never said officially, but it's just we. Yeah, but it, it got established. It's yeah. one of those things. No, it really did. But it's just funny how things like that happen. So most of the time, we're going to the, you know, five ninety nine buffet or something. <laughs> but then when it's my turn to treat, Matt's like, let me take you out to this new place. <laughs> And it, the first time I had it, I don't remember if I just wasn't that big on what I got or whatever, but I don't remember like the first time I went there going like, man, this is really good. Mm -hmm. What I remember is, man, this is really expensive because they don't have menus. Yeah. So when Matt's over here going, I'll have the 35 ribs and the Bronto burger and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I have no idea how much this cost. Yeah. So then the bill comes. And if you ever saw it, never seen a sour face on this guy. And, I, and I'm not Mr. Joe Cheapskate. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, they're I'm proud of Joe Quinby. When, when I say they're proud of their barbecue, they are proud of their, but they have a right to be proud, but still they're really proud. And then came the separate checks from there. And from that, for a long time, there was not the equitable, you know, every other turn thing or whatever. That that ruined it. And Matt will get over on you, folks. Uh. Matt will get over on you. I'm sure Heather <laughs> can come on and tell us a story about that soon, too. Oh, sure, sure. Right. So that is the barbecue talk, unless you had something else you wanted to add. No, but I would just, one quick aside, probably if you've listened to the other podcast, I think I mentioned this when I watched the uh, documentary on ZZ Top on uh, Netflix, but yeah, there might not have been the ZZ Top we know and love today if not for that specific particular barbecue joint. Because? Because, well, I'm not going to go into that story again. Watch the documentary or go listen to the other podcast, but how cool is that that we ate at a barbecue place that has phenomenal barbecue, and if that wasn't enough reason to love them, if it wasn't for that barbecue joint, there might not be a ZZ Top. Anyway, neat little anecdote there. Well, I don't care if I was conceived at Carter's. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'll be like back to the future. I'll just fade out. I'll be like, they're not around anymore. I'm not around anymore. It's all fair. It's only fair. <laughs> the world has been spared. Oh, yeah. No, and that's it. But it just goes to show you, God bless people. But it's like, I just don't understand why Carter's is so popular. But I mean, yeah, that's it, the thing that gets me as I like just, have no beef <laughs> with yeah. Carter's. Yeah. No barbecued beef. I, I got it. I got it. But it's the people that recommend them that you're like, what? Well, but I'll tell you this story. Barbecue Here, talk. Yeah. Locally, somebody opened up, of all things, like in little old Kilgore, interesting, Kilgore, Longview area, a place that has Hungarian food. Now, the people that own it might be the sweetest, nicest people you've ever met. Don't know. And I think they are. But on a goof, I said, hot damn, they got something different around here. Let's go try it. It was me and my ex, Eddie and his lovely wife and his wonderful son, John. And we went there and they served us just a plain baked potato with nothing on not sour cream, not cheese. Meat. It was just like, a, I could swear I remember just a baked, like, and it wasn't even seasoned. Like it's just a we baked potato or whatever. And then we got like a piece of French bread that's just not even toasted and nothing on it, no butter, no garlic butter or something. It was just like, here's your piece of bland, plain French toast. Here's your bland potatoes. And here's your hunk of meat that was relatively bland as well. And it's like, and I thought, this is it? And that was kind of like, this is what we're serving tonight. Like they didn't even really have a real menu hardly of different choices. I think mean, that night they had that choice or another choice. And I remember we were like, like one other person got the other choice and we were all yeah. like, what in the heck? And on Google reviews, 
This thing was five stars, just glowing, gushing, raving reviews. Well, Eddie was just because he's like, not to be a jerk, but just I feel like people need to be saved from this crap. He went on there. Because it's all five stars. Yeah, and he gave them this politely scathing review. Politely scathing. (laughs) And I want to remember seeing, like, didn't somebody come after you? Like, they post me like, you're a jerk, you know, and it's just like, lady, I'm just telling how it is, and it might just me. Everyone at the table with me agrees with this assessment. You know, and I've never tried them again because – and maybe maybe they were having an off night in the restaurant to do, but well, the one thing, the other thing that got to me besides how bland it was was that everything was already pre-prepared. Yeah, which like at a barbecue joint. Yeah, yeah, they cooked that hours ago and they're slicing it for you now. Mm-hmm. But other stuff you expect it is going to be cooked when you order it, not where it's like this has been soaking all day or whatever. It's, yeah. it's been reheated, kind of like the old buffet stuff or whatever. Yeah. Where you're like, but I'll say this: I think that restaurant's still in business to this day, and that's been what still love it four or five years ago. So, so I mean, they're doing something right. Fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. I mean, somebody loves it, and God bless them for it. But it it wasn't for us. Yeah. So, which is interesting how that plays out. Anyway, some people like head cheese. What is it? You know, I just like the first part. (laughs) Keep the cheese. There you go. Um. All right. Speaking of other things that we don't like that we're trying to encourage to hate us back, uh-huh. Hasbro Watsy. Yeah, we still have a hate for them. Have you heard this latest news that the Hasbro stock has been double downgraded? Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Um, Citibank or whatever had like, like, we encourage you to sell, unload, dump. Oh, and here's what's funny. The D&D movie hasn't even come out yet, and they're selling off that, that part studio. of their, the studio. Yeah. It's like, wow. So they probably don't have a lot of faith in what they're seeing for the D&D movie. Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of wonder if a, like a Stranger Things sort of thing where it's it's a movie about people that are playing D&D and these are the things that happen along the way would be more popular than an actual full-out D&D world-setting movie where it's like, it's not a guy playing an elf. This is the story about an elf. Yeah. I think if they had that kind of like I'm sure me and you would rather see the full D and D fantasy motion picture, but mm-hmm. the general public it might appeal mm-hmm. to them more if they had people that were playing it mm-hmm. and maybe make it like a rom com that this couple yeah. meets over the D and D tables well, I, and like a perfect example of what you're talking about I think or maybe it seems a parallel is. Um, Harmon Quest, where it was mm-hmm. the gamers at a table playing the game, and it would segue into the cartoon showing what actions their characters are taking, and they're being zany and hilarious or whatever. I love that. I, everyone ever showed that to you practically would be like, this is great. And yeah, it was a good like way to kind of segue people into D&D. I use my God-given right to look around. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> exactly. So, no, you know. Uh, <laughs> Can I look around? Sure. <laughs> then I use my God-given right, right to, to look, look around. around. And so, no, it's, yeah. And, and by the way, if you, if you haven't checked it out, you can find it on VRV or probably on YouTube or something, but Harmon Quest, it's, it's got, it's got its good points. It's not. And people do ask questions like that where you're like, yeah, obviously. Well, can I look around? No, no, you can't look around. I'm sorry. That's forbidden. But, but I laugh because many a time this is Harmon's uh, Hollywood chums that he's invited on there and 99.9% of them have never played D&D and have no clue. So it's fun to see them lean into when acting. Yeah. You know, part of it. And, it, but it's fun. Like if you're ever like, Hey, I like that little cute gal from uh community. Well, here's her playing a 
elf or something, you know, and just Britta. Yeah, you know, Britta just traipsing you through. Really this up. But I like uh, the, the what so and so Neon Johnny or whatever who played in Love Sick or Sick Love or something like that. And he when he on there, he's a hoot. He's a good comedian. Anyway, you know they really should make a rom com D and D movie now. I think that's the way to go. Uh-huh. If you, I mean, if you want to appeal to outside audiences, if yeah. you wanted to get your wife to go to that movie, mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah, I know that definitely. Tom be. Hanks and Meg Ryan meet yeah. over the D and D tables. Yeah. All the little troubles they have along the way. How she has custody of her son that weekend, so she won't be able to make the game. But suddenly she is, <laughs> and they fall in love. There you go. That's a million dollar idea. Mm-hmm. Just gonna let it go. All right. All right, all right. So the stock was double downgraded. Do you know why it was double downgraded? <coughs> Do tell. Because of magic cards. And I think I heard something on those lines. Like that thing that they did that I thought was atrocious, like $99 for that little $900 for a 90. pack. They didn't say they sold out. They just said, well, we're not selling anymore. Because people were outraged. But I think that was... There was four booster packs for but $990. There, but, but there were a lot of speculators that were snatching them up just to sit on them. And again, there you go. Everything, it's speculators ruin it, blah, blah, blah. You but know. that was like 60 cards for 1000 bucks. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And there weren't even cards you can't play. They're all yeah. proxy cards. Yeah, they're not legal for, for play. tournament play or anything So I'm like, like $1,000 for cards you can't even use? Like... How and how is that a, a, a commemoration of thirty years of a so-called beloved game or something for the for the faithful or whatever? Anyway, yeah, we've already had covered that ground. But, but that's not the reason. That's just one of the many crazy things that Watsi has been doing lately. Mm-hmm. The reason they got downgraded was just printing too many magic cards in general. So I talked to a young man at Gamers XP the other day, and how I let him you. kind of vent his spleen. To me about because he's a, 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 I thought I smelled that. a magic player and he was talking about how he said years ago you might have ample time to collect that new set because there might only be like two three what sets a year and he said it often got to where it's all about money you can tell because you're just cranking out a new series of cards every seemed like three or four I mean it got to where they were like they had doubled the number of sets they introduced and if it's still a format these format used to be the core set and the two most recent expansions and that might be, you know, you got about a year to collect those and you'd have a full set and you could start playing or whatever. Well, yeah. And even then, that's what we got out of it because it got to where the cards were coming too fast. You couldn't keep up. You couldn't stay competitive. You know, it was aggravating. Well, they get cycled out that fast. Well, that, yeah, then they're falling off. Or if it's off. like only two sets back. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I think they probably have changed that, but still, it's just, it, it's, it's anybody paying attention, and I'm proud of people who are, it's just a pure cash grab. And it's not about, making a quality product or about the love of the game, it's purely profit-driven, you know? But that is the problem with a lot of this, uh, be it the magic cards or the D&D books, is that as a corporation, they keep they have to keep having record-breaking profits or they're not, you know, I can't just make $50 billion a quarter I have to make more. I have to make 51, 52. It well, has to keep building forever. Well, right after they announced D, uh, one D&D, that guy that was a top D&D guy, boom, he was gone. And you can I don't know what the particulars are, but 
I mean, some people say he quit. Some people say he was let go. Some people he was encouraged to leave, whatever. Well, some know? of the rumination on that was also because of the big flop that was uh, Spelljammer. Mm-hmm. But honestly, who was crying out for Spelljammer? Right. And then for two is, if you're going to make a kind of a spaceship fantasy game, you're not going to have ship-to-ship combat rules? That yeah. was really dropping the ball. Well, it was poorly done. Uh-huh. But, again, who wanted it? I'm sure there's people in this audience, but you're in the, you know, the tiniest little fraction of it. Because back in the day, Spelljammer wasn't popular from my experience. What I about yours? I never played it once. I never and, had the desire and, to play it. And I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, I had never had the desire. And then, it's D&D in space. space. You know, and it's like, no, thank you. There's a lot yeah. of better ways to do that. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to play something that's like an exotic twist on D&D, let's go play Dark Suns. I'm game for that. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, so, I mean, again, uh, it's like I told the kid the other at that store. I, we, he started, I talked about the same things we've been talking about on this podcast, and I said, yeah, it's like Isabro Watsi is grinning ear to ear, handing a knife to the retailers going, now cut your throat with this, and they're kind of doing it. And the kid didn't have anything to say, but he gave me a long, hard stare, like, you know, like his boss was close by, and he's like, I'm just going to let that hang in the air. But it's just kind of sad. But at the same time, they're like, well, these are our biggest sellers. They are for now until they're not going to be, you know, when they, and you're helping keeping their brand alive as they're trying to move it all digital where you won't make any money off of it. It's just sad. It's a sad deal. Now to expose what a complete hypocrite I am, at least, (laughs) that new... Uh, Dragon Lance mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. I really didn't have any interest in it, mm-hmm. but then they're like, "Hey, there's a board game too." Hey, there's a board game, and that has kind of piqued my interest. Uh-huh. I probably will end up picking that up. So, yeah. even even the greatest of us, he's going to feed the beast low. one more time. Oh, sh- more than that, I'm <laughs> sure, because you know we're going to end up getting the 5.5 books somehow, some way. I made a solemn oath about 5.0, and Gary bought me the book and just worked on me. Hey, coleslaw, 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 and I finally caved in. Uh, uh-uh. All right. So you've you've heard, you've heard it, here, it here, dear listeners. That's right. And there's several of you that listen to this that we'll see when Matt breaks down and buys that book or gets twisted into it somehow. Hmm. Right? That's why I'm like, it's going to happen. I'm not seeking it out, hmm. and I'm not like, oh, boy, if it's – the typical three books again. Yeah. I need to get all three books over again. I, I saw our buddy West posting where like on Amazon over the kind of Black Friday deal, they were unloading the uh, D&D books like dirt, dirt, even more dirt cheap than they normally do. And I said, that's because they're unloading them because they know what's coming, you know. But yeah, and it is what it is. The fifth, fifth edition is not a bad system. It's just Watsy Hasbro's business policies I don't agree right. with, you know. Yeah. It's not a bad system. It's just made by bad people. Exactly. But sold in a fantastic store. Exactly. All right, now we finally can move on to the poppest of culture. All right. So I actually have the list this time. I know what we should talk about first is books and comic books. Ah, well, I don't have anything on books other than RPG books. Okay, then for comic books, I've been reading some of the World War Hulk. Oh, wow. Have you know anything about that one? No. Okay, so for the listeners out there, uh, there was a Illuminati in Marvel, which was like uh, Black Bolt, Reed Richards. 
Uh, Professor Xavier. And uh, Iron Man. They start. So they all get together and go, let's shoot Bruce Banner out into space because he's caused entirely too much trouble through our lives. Eventually, you know, this is going to break down. So they shoot him off into space. Mm -hmm. He lands on another planet Mm -hmm. and rises up as a gladiator Mm -hmm. and becomes king Uh of uh, basically this Hulk world. Yeah, yeah. So, in a way, he's kind of Conan-esque. Uh-huh. But then yeah, no. the world happens and he has to come back and whip everybody's ass. So, pretty good stuff. That cool. I mean, uh, that's probably like 10 years old at least. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they had the Illuminati in the uh, Doctor Strange yeah. movie. Yeah. Which is interesting. So, that's where that little nod comes from. Yeah. We're making people walk back here and realize we're recording and immediately get quieter, but I don't know if you would even hear them on here. Probably not, since y'all can even hear like many half the time or something. But so, we were hoping they'll come back here and start saying something interesting and work yeah. up the podcast. Right. Um, for my part, for comics, it's interesting. This the things that flit into my Facebook feed or internet feed or whatever is they're doing a post-apocalyptic Archie comic. I think that has been around. It, it, isn't it out already? I, I didn't think it was, but it might be. But Apparently I didn't think I've, it was. Yeah, I've heard of it and but it's rolled my eyes out of my head. Yeah, because, you know, like they did like Riverdale, which I think was supposed to have been like a more. Supernatural. Yeah, supernatural-esque. And that might even become a TV show or something maybe, didn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So this post-APOC Archie, like I've seen the, the cover of the picture. I mean, he's not the usual kind of goofy looking teenage kid. He's like this super buff shock of red hair. Uh, Mad Max leather outfit and he's got the jalopy as always but it looks all post-APOC and Jughead still has that weird little hat he always wore but then he's also wearing Mad Max-esque gear and like Betty's the mechanic that keeps the jalopy running Yeah, so it's got the same and I think Reggie was always sort of his frenemy he's his nemesis I guess the post-apocalyptic crazed warlord or something so it's got all the classic Archie characters but it's this post-apocalyptic comic I just thought it was interesting but when, as I was doing some research on it, because I was like, this is interesting, I went down the rabbit hole, and it's and apparently <laughs> Archie Comics has had some weird crossovers through the years. Ooh, I read one there, not terribly long ago that was like Archie meets, it was either like Freddy or Jason. Well, I know that there was, a, there was Archie meets Punisher. There was Archie versus Predator, which is like, what the heck? And it was him with the usual... 50s hairstyle but his shirt's ripped and he's holding a gun and like but he's hanging off one arm and Veronica off the other and he's grinning and you suck the like the shadowy image of the predator behind him or something I was like what but they've done some really strange crossovers through the years you know but anyway I thought that was for comics that was kind of interesting I'm intrigued because I like anything post-apocalyptic so I might try to find that comic and take a gander it's probably gonna be awful who knows it'd be neat if it wasn't you know but as long as you get to see Betty and Veronica in some torn up outfits. Exactly. That's the real payoff. They're, they're exactly. Um, so that's that's it for comics and books, I think. All right. How about TV? TV. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, yeah, me and Miss Heather, I, we watched a couple episodes of Firefly. And that's, you know, that's it is what it is. You know, I, I love me some Firefly. Um, and... Um, we watch Christmas Story, you know, kind of get in the classic. spirit. That's like everyone's got their favorite Christmas movie. That's my favorite, you know, it's Christmas Story. Is it because you have boys? 
I don't know. Is it just, because you are a boy? When I was a, a kid. Did that you came, want a BB gun? I mean, that came, oh, I, yeah, I had a BB gun when I was like eight, nine, you know, and I almost shot my eye out, absolutely. Um, in fact, we used to shoot each other with them because we were clever kids like that from the country. We used to, you know, light and huck uh, uh, firecrackers at each other, you know, all that sort of, like I still have all fingers and toes, which is amazing, and, all, and both my eyeballs. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But, um, but that movie came out, what, probably in the 80s when I was – so younger so i mean you were only like 35 then yeah exactly so no it's just that's a real a, a great one i they did it too and it was off like i started to watch it and was like this is crap and then that but they've done a, a new yeah christmas story christmas and and i've heard some good things about it i might check it out yeah i've heard some mixed reviews so yeah, report back yeah um other than that uh i introduced her to rick and morty and I don't know if I got a straight answer from her. She seemed to enjoy it well enough that when we went to watch that episode, she's like, let's watch something else. So I don't know. Um, well, let her watch the episode where, jeez, uh, I can't even think of the summer and Morty have a space incest baby. I'm <laughs> sure she'll enjoy that. That will put well, that show right up there. And, and, the is, and here's what might make the difference was I think we'd watch like a latter episode first and she seemed to like mm -hmm. that one. Because if, if, if you pay attention, I had noticed this until going back to watch the very first one, Rick's doing all that belching, every other <coughs> belch, belch word, and he's got that green vomit drool on his lip. I think that was a bit off-putting for her, that first episode. Because, you know, Rick gets away from all that belching and gulping and drooling. Like in the first one, you know, he drools a big, long thing of drool. He's kind of like looking all cross-eyed for a second. Like that was his shtick in the early seasons. You notice they got away from that later seasons. So I think that was a little, I, I don't know. We'll have to see what she says after she hears this. But way up there, Morty. Morty, way up there. But, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, so that's that's it for TV. So for me, movies. this almost bumps into comics as I watched the HBO Watchmen oh. series. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you think, ah, it's not going to have that much of an overlap with the comic, but it does – but, of course, Alan Moore doesn't want to have anything to do with the Watchmen stuff anymore, the way, it, you know. It's been commercialized. Yeah. So any of the changes and stuff like that. And that show, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's nine episodes long. And mm. I enjoyed it for eight episodes and nine-tenths of the last one. I thought the ending was kind of... Wow. It's written, I think, by the same guy that did Lost, if that tells you anything, Ugh, which I'm, I did not know going into this. I'm over here rolling my eyes, yeah, everyone. So your mileage may vary. It, it, it's a pretty good show. It, mm -hmm. it all comes down to how you like the ending. And mm -hmm. for me, it's probably like I know the Watchmen enough that I kind of like, oh, this is how I would think that it would all turn mm -hmm. out in the end. So if you have no like preconceived notions, it's probably that much easier and enjoyable for you. Yeah. Are you still watching Letterkenny? Yeah. And liking that? Yeah. Okay, cool. How, did you start watch, Did you watch it again and go, it stinks? No, I haven't had a chance, but I, I do intend to give it another a get-go, another chance. I've enjoyed it so much, I almost gave this episode of the podcast one of the like uh, 
letter kenny openings oh wow you haven't watched it yet but it usually ends up with something like so you're touring with your friend the other day and and then it'll <laughs> open up on the scene ah okay. So i was gonna okay. say and you're at the game store with your friend and uh, this conversation breaks out there you go but i can't mess with you pastor luck check people That's would right. riot in the streets they would they would um there is a spinoff of interesting letter kenny there's actually a couple <laughs> Which I was like, what? Which shows how popular it is, apparently. So there's a hockey player on the main show, Shorzy. <clears throat> Which I've heard that name. It shows you how popular it is. I've heard the name Shorzy. So he's really like uh, crude. Yeah, and any of the one that like sleeps around a lot or something maybe? Or is that a different one? Uh, it, it might be a different one, but he's always yeah. talking about like, go tell your mother to do this because yeah. when I slept with her the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's that kind of guy, and he's that spinoff character. And that one's only like six episodes, and I really enjoyed that. Hmm. And then they made a little Kenny, which is a, a little cartoon with them as little kids, and they're like three minutes long. Wow. And there's only like four well, to six episodes of that. You know, that's the, the sad fact is how, they, how things happen nowadays. There's a cartoon now of the trailer park boys because I think they're getting older. They don't look like their characters per se and kind of older being the shenanigans. And then uh, the guy who played Leahy, you know, passed yeah. away. So they, I think they started a cartoon. I tried watching it and couldn't really get into it. Well, I wouldn't watch this cartoon until you're down deep in the hole. Yeah, and the, the lore into the show. Yeah, but Shorzy, I don't know. That one was pretty good. I don't know if you have to have a previous knowledge or not. that could stand alone is what I'm hearing, yeah. Maybe, probably. All right. I well, really enjoyed it. I'm about to check it out. So I'm still down with that. Yeah. All right, how about some movies? You said we watched Christmas Story. Uh, gosh, it seemed like we watched some other things, but I'm totally drawing a blank. Anyway. That's the thing for me, too, is like, I think I watched a movie, but who knows? Like, oh, this is pretty good. I'll have to remember to talk about it. <laughs> Historically, I'll try to stop making a note in my phone, and I didn't, and now I'm regretting it intensely. Yeah. Well, this is Thursday that we're recording, and we were talking about doing it Friday. Yeah. So I was like, I'll be ready for Friday. And Matt's like, hey, I'm available right now. Let's do the podcast. I'm like, okay. You still got your cheat sheet. But one thing I'll say, I'm going to call Heather about is she kind of tricked me. I think she, she kind of played me. Good. So I thought that she was like this big nerd or whatever. And one day we're talking about like Star Wars. She's like, oh, I've never seen them. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, it's totally... She, she tricked me, bamboozled. Had she watched anything? Did she know about the Star Trek at least? Uh, I, I, some, but once again, it's like there's a lot of things I'm learning. I'm like, well, of course you've watched this. Nope, you've seen this, right? Nope. I'm like, oh boy. So I've got my our homework. Is, so it was lies and mendacity. So I'm just gonna ha we're gonna just go down. And like one night, I stuck a, like a stack of five. Pick something out of this stack, and we need to start your nerd education tonight. Here we go. Well. Today I started re-watching because it was on Hulu. And that's what we watched was Goodfellas. Ah, that's out of that one of my stack, favorites. Which isn't nerdy. It's you know, my top five. You, you notice that maybe top she pulled one. that out of a stack of a bunch of nerdy crap. But I figured if you hadn't seen this one, you got to watch Goodfellas. And, oh, man, it was nerve-wracking for her. But as, so you, do we need to turn this off? She's like, no, i got to see what happens. I mean, yeah. But that's such a great – but what's interesting in mileage – that movie would not probably be made today the way it is. And there's a lot of very un-PC stuff in that movie. Yeah. They there's they use a naughty word a lot. <laughs> well, not a lot, but still an amount you wouldn't know. Mm -mm. Well, uh, I started re-watching just because it was on Hulu. 
The Last Dragon. Oh, yeah. Bruce Leroy. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they can make that one today? Who knows? Right? Hey, who knows, yeah. And uh, Clue has been popping up as something to watch oh. with uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to talk to the old wife, wifey-poo about that because yeah. she might want to watch that one with yeah, me. Yeah, watch that But together. I keep seeing it and I was like, I would enjoy watching Clue again. I haven't seen that in forever. Like Martin Mull's great in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody was great in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I think you should have some video game to talk about. Maybe not a new one, but there you go. an oldie. So FO76 Worlds, they're now allowing custom worlds. You can literally, like if you're paying that. Uh, no, but you got to be Fallout first. You have to be Fallout first. But if you are, you can spawn your own world like you could before. But on this one, there's like sliders. You can tweak it. You can tweak how high you can jump. Uh, I, I think you know, item wear, hunger, thirst, uh, how often monsters spawn, you make them tougher, easier. So it's got a lot of different tweaks. You can really customize your world. So did you subscribe? I have not. You're going to. Maybe. You're going to. Maybe. Let me know when I can log into your world, buddy. <laughs> but I was going to say that really intrigued me, and I thought I would mention that on the podcast, that that's kind of cool that you can really tweak your, your world like that. What we got to do is get Gary back into it. Yeah, he says it. Oh, I miss. I like the FO seventy six. But then again, so. isn't it like the person's got to be logged in to get into their world? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gary's not a good option. Yeah. So, but we'll see. But no, it was. Yeah, I, I just I thought that was interesting to note where that we've talked about FO in the past, and if there's something that could. Right when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. That's definitely intriguing. I'm downloading the update for it right now. Interestingly enough, so see that speaks volumes right there. But that as far as video games, that was my contribution. So I've still been playing the Marvel Snap. <laughs> wow, that must be pretty good. Well, I mean... It's, it's just a great time waster. And I'm not talking about like I sit there and I play it for 12 hours straight. I might go in and play it once a day for 15 minutes. But that's something. But that's something. I mean, they're getting their engage or whatever. I, but I haven't spent any money on it. And yeah. I think I'm finally hitting the level where you unlock more cards oh. and people that have strategies. Because uh, the games are getting tougher. Exactly. Yeah. It's finally getting tougher. Yeah. You're, you're, you're feeling challenged finally. Yeah. But yeah. then I was like, maybe I should go from the deck that I created on day one into something else. And I finally have tweaked the deck a little. And now it's kind of like, oh, Uh-oh. I'm competitive again. I'm starting to win again. I'm like, yeah. all right. But it's that was still a fun game for no money. That and sounds if like you it. need something for on your phone when you're waiting in the line somewhere or sitting yeah. in the doctor's office. That's like me. I usually fire up. I have Catan on my phone. I play Catan when I'm on a flight, wait at the airport, board at the doctor's office. But I don't have the giant screen like you either. Exactly. Trying to play Catan on my old phone, uh-huh. God, it was a nightmare. You know, because you had to use your finger to pan around the map. Now I can see the majority of the map on my um, on my bougie phone. Bougie. And, uh, I finally started, I've had it sitting at the house for a while, Stray, which is the game where you play as a cat. Okay. Meow. So I know you love cats. And meow, meow, of meow, 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 meow. There is a dedicated meow button. <laughs> Thank goodness. I think it's like O. You hit O to meow. Oh, meow. That was like, a, was it um, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> So I got the trophy already. I've played the game for maybe an hour, and I've got the trophy for being a little chatty. Because <laughs> I'm meow, 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 everywhere I go. 
and having a black lab sitting on the couch next to me while I play is even better. I bet that's fun. Because she's been watching those cats. Mm-hmm. She's watching the class. I guess since it's high def now, mm-hmm. they say the animals can actually watch stuff on TV better oh, really? than back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she'll be watching them go along, and I'm waiting for her to jump in the screen and try and tear them up. <laughs> And the uh, won't that be a great story to, to tell the gym when she gets home? PlayStation Five, you know, has that. Well, I think even the four did, where it's got the mic in the controller. Yeah. So you hit the meow button, and it's meowing in your hand too. <laughs> Somebody's looking intently. So I'm looking sure, like, like where's the, that cat at? I had to calm her down a little bit and go, "Hey, I'm not over here playing with some other little cat. You cheating on me, you're bruh? Still, you're still all right. That's but then she saw those ribs particles in my beard, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Did you go for Chinese food? So I've heard uh, Stray is very short. I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I've heard that it's like you'll be completely done with it in maybe eight hours of playtime. Wow. But hopefully they'll have some DLCs or something. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But so far, so good. Whatever, whatever. For me, it's worth it just for the meow button. (laughs) For eight hours of play, what, what did it set you back? Nothing because I'm a renter, remember? Oh, that's right. I'm not giving out advertisements, but I've got a service kind of like the old Netflix where they send oh, you the movie that's right. yeah, for a yeah. monthly subscription. I didn't realize you were still doing that. Cool. Oh, yeah. The hilarious thing is I've been with those guys for seven, 16, 17 that's years. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're a legacy, bro. I, I mean, know. They should give me something yeah, now. Really? Yeah. You've been a diehard because I, I remember when they used to advertise on TV all the time and I'd be like, huh. I should consider that, and I never did. Yeah, I've been waiting for it to go away. You're right. To where it's like, we are not making enough money. But apparently they are, yes. But, yeah. I, got, I think that's where I got my PlayStation 5 as well, through those guys. Really? Because they'll sell some systems, and, of course, they sell Funko Pops and all that kind of stuff now, too. Blah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and mm-hmm. then I bought some games for them dirt cheap for here I am not advertising them, but yeah. I have a lot of good things to say about them. Well, you might as well mention their name. It's Gamefly. It's Gamefly. If you're yeah. of a certain age, you probably remember those commercials. Yeah, Gamefly. Yep. But like, uh, I have bought a me, you, and Gary a copy of that Baldur's Gate game. I think. Uh-huh. And it was like I bought my copy for ten dollars, and then it had dropped down to where it was like eight dollars when I bought yours, and then it's like five bucks when I bought the one for Gary. I was like, uh-huh. well, I mean, it's practically free. Yeah. So you, and then there's been so many games where it's like, it's going to be great. And you play it and you're like, this is awful. And I didn't have to find $60 to pay to find out. Thank goodness. Yeah. So it saved me so much. And then yeah. a lot of times if I'm like, I love this game, I turn around, buy it used. Mm-hmm. But I'm the only one that's ever used it. If it's something new that came out where I'm like, you're the first person that ever got it. And mm-hmm. then they send me all the new, they send you all the cases and pamphlets and oh, packaging wow. stuff that it would have mm-hmm. with it anyway. So Wow. Awesome. And then if you're a patient person like me, you mm-hmm. wait a couple of months mm-hmm. and it's massively dropped in prices. And mm-hmm. for Nintendo games that never go down in price, mm-hmm. you can do that too. So yeah. that's pretty cool. That is awesome sauce. All right. So uh, that's what I've got to say about the video games. What about you? I guess I just had that little news about FO76 that they have the new custom worlds. All right. I have no RPG updates because I haven't played anything since before the no, the Thursday night of the long con. Yeah, we played, we played the old horde crawl classics. And uh, we've test. been steadily working on that. There's a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new class, which is going to be the hag, to oh, be the cool. more magical focused oh, thing. Because cool. uh, what was it? The Dibik yeah. was 
kind of in between as a magic user and not a magic user. And yeah. I was like, it needs to lose a lot of its magic. Yeah, yeah, why don't you, yeah, you strip out the magic or something? So then that led to, well, who's the magic user? So it was like, what thematically would a, hit? A hag. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's good. Well, as far as me for RPGs, uh, Savage Worlds Rifts. There's a lot of Kickstarters happening right now, and some are starting, some are finishing up. Some might be finished by the time you hear this. But if you do a search for like uh, Google, like Rifts or Savage World Rifts, there's a number of Kickstarters going on. Our buddy uh, Sean Robertson was at LongCon, and he was talking a lot about the Titan Robotics Kickstarter they were doing. And I think that either just finished up or it's about to, I think. But he hit his goals. I'm really happy for him. Good. And there's, um, but they're also. Uh, 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 I think, you know, PEG is doing, or him or whoever is doing some more, like Savage, like that wasn't specifically Savage Rifts, it was just Rifts but compatible. Mm-hmm. I think there's some specifically Savage Rifts books that sound really interesting that are coming out soon. So check go, check out those Kickstarters. Okay. Oh, uh, did you have any tales from the table? Has anything exciting happened lately? Uh, Probably not. Um, no, I mean, we've had a lot of fun and exciting stuff. Uh, I'm really enjoying uh, the Savage uh, Worlds Pathfinder. And um, I really like the way it flows. We've been converting some old Pathfinder Chronicles adventures into it. And they're super easy. To, it's so easy to, to translate those. Now, in. speaking of the Savage Worlds Pathfinder, mm-hmm. if somebody wants to cast a spell magic, uh-huh. How do they do that against the previous spellcaster? Well, in the current game, as I understand it, it's just simply my casting role and your casting role. Well, no, it's like, let's say that, and someone tried to make the point, go, well, if you're the higher level caster, you should probably have a higher casting die. Not necessarily. Yeah, that's but, what I was. But the, the fact is, as the game stands now, let's say you're a novice level caster. Uh, I'm a seasoned or veteran like those are the tiers in the game. Think of them like levels. I'm veteran level, so I cast my spell, and you go to want to counter it. If you if you were holding your action, which is a thing that's been in games for years now, like I'm holding my action ready to to dispel. That wasn't my action. I was holding. Yeah, you cast dispel as a counter, or even let's say I previously cast an enchantment on my my warrior. Aha! I'll put protection on him. Bark skin, whatever. You go. I'm gonna dispel that off. Um, the idea would be you would be uh, going against, I think, their casting. So literally, you just need to exceed the casting number they've got. And remember, it sounds a lot easier. Yeah, and it, and that's it. Again, this is a game that's quick, it's smooth, it's easy to use. You would think, and like a lot of times, a base casting is four. Like the target number, classically in Savage World, is four. So like, I want to get a spell off. It's a four. I could see where maybe as a house rule, but I don't like the house rule in our game club. But if this was a home game, I'd probably go, well, for every tier they are higher than you, I might make the target number one higher. And it still wouldn't be Herculean, but it at least gives us something to that higher level caster. Um, and this is something that might get a ratted in or might not. I'm looking for some feedback from the internet, which is where mm-hmm. Weisenheimer's getting that comment from. But for my part, I already thought for my own sake, I was like, I could see adding like plus one of the difficulty per tier difference or something. But anyway, but yeah, but that's where honestly we haven't, and this thing, we haven't had any real hiccups so far running this. Like you'd figure something where like, what do we do now? I mean, there really hasn't been any of those 
I mean, they, they did a good job play testing is what I'm trying to say, that we haven't seen any glaring deficiencies or something like, why didn't they cover that? And, and Savage Worlds is such a game that can be easy to get into, but it's got its complexities. We haven't really seen anybody grasp a lot of that yet, mm-hmm. but Gary's going to be on the table playing more, and I've encouraged him, pull out some of the stuff so the casters see. A lot of them are just bolt, bolt, and that's fine. But like one night I was like, hey, buddy, you, know, you can get armor piercing to that. Hey, you know, you could spend a few more PowerPoints to make the, because me and Gary were talking about, boy, I can't wait to play a caster in this because you could have a lot of fun and go crazy on, on the fly. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, Heather switched over. Oh, it turns out I talked to Heather about it. It wasn't her. It was our good friend, um, the Hudson's. Uh, oh, Lena? Yeah. she I'm an evil paladin. <laughs> yeah, she was playing some evil paladin uh, and choking everything out or whatever. It was hilarious. Well, good. I'm glad we uh, set the record straight so that yeah. you know who not to walk down a dark alley with. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. But they they all had a great time at the Long Con, and that was one of those tales from the table at Long Con that apparently was Lena was being the the uh, uh, the naughty paladin. Such a naughty, naughty. Yeah. Anyway, were you ready to tackle the main topic? Yes, because we are an hour in. Okay. So at an hour in is when we tackle the main topic for 10 minutes and get out of here. I guess we're going to need to. So recently we've been encouraging you all to try different games. Even if, if you're on board with us about the evils of Watsy Bro or whatever, but if you're not, you know, try different things out. Um, you know, spread your wings or whatever. Um, the question for Game Masters coming from 5E for example, if you're going to try and make the game like 5e or do you want to highlight the differences? Because when we talked about different games to try, and some of the ones are OSR games, you know, old school renaissance, these retro clones. For me personally, I say go for the latter. Try to highlight the differences. You know, why, why do more of the same? Um, so what would be your opinion on that? What I think about getting people to play other games Mm -hmm. is the best way to do it is to run them. Okay. Um, So talk, if let's say we're talking about someone's coming from another game, probably a say five E again. And they're coming to the OSR to play an OSR game, a retro clone or whatever. Um, What could be some differences they would see or things to look at. Um, One thing we've talked about recently in our own little private little, Oh yeah. Forum on Facebook is for OSR and OSR might mean different things to different people and different play styles, even within that. But to me, it, it, when I, when I'm reminiscent, I think of smart play, you know, and it's kind of like, to me, OSR old school D&D was like playing chess almost, you know, it was, what? it's like a thinking man's game. What? Exactly. Exactly. These are some good original analogies you're coming up with. Exactly, exactly. Um, so we're not talking so much about systems that are old school, but the old school style of play. Would you agree with that statement? Sure. Sure. So let's see, from about 3.5 D&D on, you've got players looking at the character sheet. They're looking for some class ability, some skill, et cetera, that gives them guidance on what they can do, but also constrains them what they can't do. Old school, the stats and abilities in the sheet pertain almost strictly to combat. Anything beyond that was up to you, the creative player, um, and a good receptive GM rewarding your creativity. So maybe old school gaming was victim to the vagaries of erratic game masters, but in my memory, not so much. But that was where you had creative players 
trying to solve a problem with their own wits, you know, and, um, and it seems like, you know, that's something I kind of miss or something. And nowadays we're seeing some play where it's very rigid and it's like, well, only what you can do on your character sheet and that's not in the rules. And, and a lot of the old school was the rules. There was very good rules for combat, but outside combat, there really wasn't much in the old games about like fully developed, you know, skill systems that define what you could, couldn't, couldn't do outside combat, you know, or sometimes there was a, a, uh, a puzzle you had to solve. Well, that's on you, the player. Nowadays, you might see someone go, oh, well, I'll use my so-and-so skill, my puzzle deciphering skill, and, ah, yes, I rolled high. I deciphered the puzzle. My character deciphered the puzzle. How to, what people could expect to, oh. to, to kind of differentiate them from, like, if you're coming from current gaming, like, say, 5e, and you're going into OSR, what could be some things you would expect? What would be some, a primer? What, what tips could you give a player or a game master coming from, Say fifth edition, for example, going to these retro clones, and by all means, that segues into this. But um, I would say the big thing to highlight is the non-linear, the non-linear aspect of the game. At least if you're doing the old school style, um, just because a monster's there doesn't mean you mean to fight it. You can go back and find a different way. You can go around. You can ignore it. You can befriend it. That reminds me of when we played our very first game at our very first. North Texas is with our old buddy Stan Shin and we ran across some orcs and through communicating with the game master and some creative play, my boy over here realized, well, these orcs aren't inherently hostile. And when we were like, Oh, we're going to go up and try to talk to him. And I remember there were two players at the table that were like, they're orcs. You got to kill them. You got to kill the orcs. I mean, and you're like, stop, calm down, you know? And we end up, interacting with the orcs and we end up gambling with them and drinking beer with them. And I thought that was wonderful. You don't see that anymore. That's an old school throwback. Nowadays there's that rigid thing of like, they're orcs. You got to kill them. Come on, let's get in there and kill these orcs. You know what I mean? So it's interesting that to me, that seemed like more of an old school throwback, you know? Well, I don't know if you will get back to the topic of murder hobos, Uh but that's a little bit newer now too, because in the old days there was always, yeah, but you know, the guy, the bartender, he's a 10th level fighter. Mm. So when you start slipping up and you try and kill everybody in town, he's going to jump up and that's going to be the end of you, which is kind of like that same, you know, I have a hammer and everything is a nail. Mm -hmm. All monsters must die. And when I come into town, I'm the baddest man around. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you you need to think twice and actions have consequences. Well, and that's just it. You might have a hard time having a bunch of zero first level characters take out that, 10th level 5th edition character but in old school D&D and that was one of those factors I liked was that oh yeah you could be all the bells and whistles of a 10th level character in old school D&D but still if I throw a hand a good number of first level locals or whatever I can probably take you down I mean and that's that's a good thing because that's more realistic you know what I mean um but um but talking about like getting into the mentality and things that could be different um talking about you don't always have to go fight the monster. Um, I talked about you can you know, befriend them, go around them. You can go back to town and hire a bunch of mercenaries to help when things get tough. You can build a fort outside the dungeon and camp out long term. You can find a powerful magic item and maybe defeat the dungeon's main boss in session one. Um, things could be, like I said, weren't so linear or whatever. You know, It was very free form, and a lot of times the players would do something creative that would the GM would adapt and overcome. It was more improvisational. You got more 
players have a crazy idea and the game master adapts and maybe incorporate something into the story. Um, it just seems if, if you're embracing that older style of play, um, cause that's one thing I like talking about, uh, you know, many times in OSR, you, it doesn't have a plot. You're meant to follow just a situation with opportunities, but some of the things to consider that could be different. If you go back and you're playing OSR retro clone hirelings, mercenaries, um, you know, that's something you don't mm-hmm. see nowadays. But when you've got less hit points or just for the sake of a beloved character and trying to play smart, well, think of yourself. Like if you had to go fight some guy and you know you've got time to plan for it, when you go recruit four or five of your friends to go help you kick this guy's ass instead of just, I'm blazing there myself, you know, whatever. It's like, no, go get some help. Um, and that used to be the thing back in the day. There was safety in numbers. And if you'll remember, we had that one DCC campaign. There was that beloved NPC y'all had. When he died, everybody was, nobody put the table were upset when that guy died. Um, but he was. We almost remembered his name. Yeah. But I rem- but the thing was, I remember the character in that people were like, oh, he died. Oh, no. I mean, and this guy was just the NPC hireling. Um, so those can be interesting. Um, the things back in the old days, like nowadays, oh, Jim goes, oh, there's the dungeon of death. All right, we're going there. Ooh. Time to get my phone out, play on my phone. Let me know when the combat starts. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it'd be like, oh, Dungeon of Death. And you look to the wizard and go, hey, you're going to do some research? Hey, three, Thief would go, and I'm going to go check my street connections. The wizard's at the library. He's doing research and spreading a few coins around. And goes to the. you might go to the local sage or whatever and try to get some, you know, what can we find out about the Dungeon of Death? And the GM goes, oh, I'm going to reward this kind of smart play. Well, you know... Don't touch any of the black columns if you find the room with floating heads. You know, they try to reward that you did some sort of re- people nowadays. Oh, all right, let's get to the let's get to, let's get to the adventure. You know, I mean, so talking get about to the combat. So it's those different styles of play, and you might you might see this. Um, we talked about how vital a good healer was back in the day. Some of these old systems, you had to have a healing character. You just you had to, and you hope and pray that it's someone who embraces the role, and you know. Whoever was forced to play the cleric. Yeah, usually. I don't want to be the cleric. Exactly. Shut up. You're the last one to join the party. Yeah, and exactly. And then, um, you know, you were doing your every, what day was it? You were doing your OSR, your Osric campaign. Yeah, Yeah, Fridays, I think. Whatever day. Tuesdays, it seemed like. But, um, yeah, it was Tuesdays because I think, anyway. Tuesdays in the dungeon. um, Tuesdays in the dungeon. You um, had to kind of like initially give them that primer or brush the dust off for some people to remember things like the all, all the prep work that used to be into like let me go get a 10-foot pole rope pit and nowadays it's like i just buy the adventurers pack this generic grab bag that just has everything a good adventure should well, a need. lot of it was just straight up are you going to check for traps if you walk through this old school dungeon <laughs> and you never check for traps you're going to have a bad time <laughs> yeah exactly so it's one of those things to where it was a different play style different mindset um, or, or, you know, and it, it depends on who's running it and how they're going to run it. Um, and maybe the system. Um, one of the reasons I love DCC modules, which have that throwback feel is it seems to me they have a thread running through the adventure a lot of times. And if you're paying attention to these, this, this, this thread, it'll make the boss fight at the end go from certain TPK death to now we have a chance. Do you know some adventures where mm-hmm. if you're not on your phone and you're paying attention, the GM drops little tidbits and hints or you go, we're going to try to decipher those hieroglyphics on the wall. There's that hint about like the, the boss mob is vulnerable to silver or gold or something or 
throw gems at his eyes or whatever. There's that thing to where when you get in the last fight and go, oh, my God, we're dying. And it's like, There well, was a hint. There was hints all through the dungeon if you paid attention. And I love that. And that's attentive, smart, creative play. So they, they reward that. Um, and anything you would say about that or expound upon that? No, because I want to completely change directions. So I'll let you do your thing. Well, let's go on ahead. It's okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to derail your train okay, here. Okay, okay. So I, I was almost done. See, I'm courteous about that. <laughs> okay, but so there's an adventure called Tomb of the Serpent Kings. It's a great little OSR module you can easily use with any of these OSR systems. Um, it's a great learning tool for game masters and players, and it's uh, it's my favorite price on Drive Through RPG. Free. Um, there a, a funny anecdote from that one, Cody. Uh, was playing that. I ran it in DCC and it was, I mean, I literally converted on the fly. I didn't have to do any pre-work. It's that easy. Easily ran it with DCC on the fly. And um, yeah, they found a room where there's an alchemist. I don't think I'm giving too much away. And mm. uh, Cody's character sort of befriends this character in the dungeon. And immediately sneaks into the side room and goes to steal. I explained all these potion bottles that were very more elaborate and beautiful than these other ones. And I described all of them, and he specifically says which one he takes. He didn't take them all, darn it. I said, aren't you sure you don't want to take them all? And he ignored me or didn't hear me, or he's like, no, 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 I'm good with what I took. He took like five of the six, the one he did not take. Poison. If you drink it, no save, nothing, just immediate instant death. So I thought it was hilarious. I told him later, I said, just so you know, for whatever crazy reason, you, the one you didn't feel compelled to take, it's the darndest luck. Because he read it already. I, I almost wondered, but yeah, anyway. But um, yeah, so it's a final anecdote about that adventure. And that's so some things you could expect or play styles going from, say, 5 to OSR. Okay, so how did we get from that to this? How did we end up like this? Oh. See? Yeah. Think about it. Where did it change? Yeah. Not at BX or advanced or second. Third seems like it would be the biggest change off that. Not like we third was Candyland, but third might have been the biggest revamp at the time. I will say three point like second wasn't that drastically different from first. Three point five was a big difference between it and second edition. And then the thing is, it's like well, fifth edition sucks because of this. And it's not, I don't think, a fifth edition thing. And I don't think it's those darn millennials. No, no, I mean, that, that's not what I'm trying to say in any way, shape, or form. But, yeah, how did we get from point A to point B or C or D or wherever we're at now? Yeah. And maybe it's video games. Could be. Because you remember they, that, that's been thrown at fourth edition, that it was essentially them going like, D&D spawned, helped spawn video games. Video games helped spawn fourth edition. You know, they wanted to make the, we'll make our role-playing game more like a video game. It was very homogenized, sort of black-white. This peg goes into that peg, you know. Because you've got to deal with today's attention span. Uh-huh. When it's like, put down your phone and pay attention to the game. Yeah. But people don't 
put down their phones ever. It's like, I'm trying to watch a movie. What happened? What happened? Well, yeah. put down your phone and you um, know what was going on. But with people this. need this constant stream of just abju- abject stimulation. And it's like, same to, sad to say that the story's not engaging enough to keep them entertained to put their phone down for a minute. But I mean, you, know? you say as a GM that, you know, I'm insulted that I'm not enrapturing you enough that you can listen to what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But I mean, Michael Bay. And ex- constant explosions are not enough to keep the phones down. Well, so. I've heard stories about guys that, like, while they're sitting there watching TV with their wives, their wives are watching TV with them. It's the quality time elbow to elbow, but their wives are, and some of the guys probably are sitting there playing on their phone while they're supposed to be watching TV. I'm like, well, that's, I put, either turn the TV off or put the phone. I just, I can't, but everyone's different. And then we all might be going, hey, that's me. Well, okay, but, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we might have talked about with Letter Kenny before, where it's like, you can't enjoy that show and play on your phone at the same time. It's not that casual show. Mm-hmm. You have to give it your attention because there's all these quips and zingers Rapid going by zingers. you. Whereas if you're not paying attention, then you're just like, did something happen? Yeah. No, not necessarily. You missed a lot of jokes, but there wasn't a lot of like, oh, and then it ca- caught on fire and rolled down the hill and blew up. Yeah. Well, kind of like... A- some of that British comedy that just real rapid fire jokes and zingers and that, yeah, I mean, for some people it's like, it's too much. It's like, well, you know, yeah, it's not something you, I guess you have to be an active So viewer. attention spans in general have gone to crap. Yeah. And we, we could blame a lot of stuff on that, but it's interesting, okay. but, but I'll say this and that's what we're talking about. Again, play styles and how you're running the game is that, uh, I guess to some degree, gameplay has morphed to lean into or to cater to that, maybe. Yeah, I don't well, know. I mean, again, look at like movies. I was just thinking in my mind, yeah, I've watched some movies from the 60s that were these slow burn mysteries, and I thought they this movie wouldn't get made nowadays. The pacing is too slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays you've got blame people like Michael Bay where there's an explosion every five I mean some of these movies that literally they barely lay down a framework of a plot and then it just takes off and you're just like oh my god oh my god clutching the edge of your chair and then it lets up for a second and then right back into it again nitrous turbo charge you know whatever it's like holy crap and then it's over you know and I was like and I've enjoyed this movie as much as anybody but I've been able to watch some of these other movies that have a little more slow pacing and I can enjoy them too yeah, but it's hard to go back and watch some movies now, like uh, even the first Superman. Mm-hmm. It's an hour until he gets into the air, right? Yeah. yeah a like, lot of people uh, are like, That yeah. was a classic yeah. as a kid, but well, now yeah. it's like, get yeah. to it. Chop, chop. Yeah. I want to see him shooting laser beams and flying, you know? Oh, yeah. And well, that's somewhat how games are today. Yeah. And you've got to think, even if you go, all right, kids. Put away those fifth edition books. We're going to play first edition. Yeah. They're not going to necessarily play any different. It's not like you automatically yeah. go back and regenerate players from 1982 or something. Right, right. And I will say for what it's worth, I was we were I was running last session here at the game store, the same adventure I ran at the con. And at one point, <laughs> the, mur- the player totally murder hoboed. And I remember kind of grousing to James Ward. I was like, is this a new thing? And he goes, nah, they were always like that. And James Ward's been there since the beginning like us. So he yep. said, the, the whole murder hobo thing, we, again, it's that whole, there's Marlenos. Nah, murder hobo, it's always been a thing, but. I just don't think there's as much uh, 
counter balance against murder hoboism now yeah. in today's game design or fifth edition. Oh, that's stuff. what we're talking about where like historically I had a player years and years and years and years and years and years ago go like, I run over here into the tavern cause they smarted off to me and my guy was just mm-hmm. badass. And I, he, yeah, you cut the tavern keeper's head off. Everyone there screams and freaks out and half of them run out to get the town constable and the other half go, that was my friend or buddy. And they jump on you. And it's like, yeah, I mean, eventually they overpowered him and they drug him out and they hung him right there in the street. And I was like, and guy was calling, you killed my character. No, you killed your character. I didn't. What made you think in a world that even though it's a fantasy world, you can't just go lopping the head off of the, you know, the local barkeep or whatever. I had one guy where he was trying to steal from a vendor to get something in the early game. His character really needed that sword or something that he wanted. And I went, guy offers you a price. I don't have that much money. Well, the guy goes, well, go earn it or something, you know, and I'll just stab the guy and take the sword. All right. Well, next thing you know, you know, there's an angry mob coming for him. And he's like, well, that's not fun. I said, well, I'm sorry, but there's got to be a certain amount of, of realty. I mean, you know. But now does there have to. Exactly. There's people that go, hey, it's a free form fun fantasy world. We, there's no repercussions for yeah, your kind of like you murder from point A to point B. You uh-huh. can get from the town that's 100 miles from the dungeon, mm-hmm. and nothing happens in between. Yeah. You leave shopping in town, and then you're at the door of the dungeon. Because yeah. nothing happened in between. Unlike old school, where it's like, okay, every so many hours or so many days, you're going to make a roll for a random encounter. Oh, are y'all setting a watch? Okay, who's going to take the first watch? All that stuff. You might go, that's tedious. Well, it is, but to some people, they might enjoy the verisimilitude of it. But is it fun? Does yeah. it add to the fun? Is yeah. that one of those things that we're probably better off without nowadays? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But you know, it did add a certain level, like I said, of, of, of verisimilitude, but it gets tedious. Well, even when Eddie was doing his super fun sandbox um, Land of the Lost, you know, whatever campaign he was doing, initially he did the random encounters. After a certain point, he goes, all right, guys, I'm getting bored. He's that about y'all. And we were like, yeah. And he goes, we did it. It was fun. We set the mood tone. But You've got the point. This is yeah. a da- dangerous around this every This is a corner. dangerous world, you know, but it, it got tedious, yeah. And I did know. the same thing with Borderlands. It's like, we, this is fun for about two sessions. And then the shine wears off of random encounters, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, let's get somewhere and get to the action and mm, let's get to the dungeon. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, some of these things, is it a bad thing that we got away from it? No. If you talk to some of these diehards back in the Gagaxian era, I mean, he kept up with every little minutia of, you know, how much weight are you carrying it precisely? And up, oh, you have so much encumbrance and da, 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 whatever. And yeah, that's realistic. But how much realism do you want in your game? It's a fantasy game and they played for fun and entertainment. You know, but there's all but there's all kind of people. There's somebody out there getting to be like, oh, I want to keep up with every widget, and I want to keep up with encumbrance, and I want to know how much food I need to carry, and you know how much do I need to eat, how often to keep and my. And they're way too know. far for me. Yeah. To where it'd be like, I want to play exactly like it was back in the old days with every single little weapon speed rule. Yeah. Um, okay, you have fun with that. That's not my Ill- ideal game either. No. Anymore. Yeah. Doors uh, and corridors. So it goes back to. Like we talked about, even within the OSR, if y'all guys trust me, so I right, your game master's play style and your player's play style. But we've talked how many times about, we've had an episode about the session zero where you can set expectations. Like, this is OSR, but I am going to do this. I'm not going to do that. How do y'all feel about if we use these rules but not that rule? And who's to say there's things that you like, like you might – 
do something crazy like add advantage and disadvantage to <gasps> a classic D and D. It's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. But just because you changed your system doesn't mean anybody's going to pay attention. Yeah. If you've got players that are on their phone the whole time through your fifth edition or Call of Cthulhu or Savage Worlds or whatever, I don't want to pick on just five E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, we're playing first edition. They're not magically going to put down their phones. Yeah. And I mean, not to make fun of those guys, but I would love to hear the stories about like, hey, how are things going with the OSR group? And all oh, they were some some thigh slappers because Eddie was like, well. You know, they, they've got a lot of learning to do, but boy, you know, they're going to learn. And, and then 10 sessions later, they're still doing the same shenanigans. <laughs> and I was like, really? That's like they have, yeah, they're still not looking you for traps. You will learn. I will teach you. They're still not using yeah. a 10-foot pole. They're still not, you know, uh, all that stuff. And I was like, wow, really? You know, but oh, well. You know. But I think people, some people play now for different reasons than we sure. played back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've talked about this, is that... When they talk about D and D is finally inclusive, it's like D and D never purposely disincluded anybody. It was by the game's nature itself that it disincluded certain people, or it's the stigma that was attached to the game. We would have loved to have had more, uh, you know, d- diverse people playing the game. Hell, we were trying to find people to play the game. No one wanted to play hardly, and it was hard to find no players. No one liked us. Exactly. So, but I will say, I think the game in a way is catered to anybody can play it, even if you're someone, because it was kind of a nerds versus jocks kind of thing. Jocks mm-hmm. would be like, this is just math or something. Screw this or whatever. And, and but we could go, ha ha, look how clever we nerds devise a way to get around that bad encounter that should have been lethal we're so clever or whatever nowadays it's just like well let me look at my sheet what can i do i'll swing my sword i use my spell i use my at will ability blah 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 blah, blah. Well, look what you know. brought you into D back in the day conan the barbarian lord of the rings uh, the conan movies uh, excalibur el rook of melanobun you know yeah, yeah awesome rich fantasy stuff what mm-hmm. brings you into gaming today mm-hmm. critical roles Stranger Things, watching other people play in D&D and picking up their habits and mm-hmm. not having that same amount of fantasy. I go and read all day background. Yeah. yeah, those lovable scamps on Big Bang or whatever, they're playing D&D. I want to try it out. But no, it's like me. I love reading those old stories. I read Conan and Elric, and I thought, gosh, wouldn't it be cool to be able to to play out these stories? You know, ooh, la, la. Good, good, good. You're welcome. Point there, yeah. Because, well, that's like I try to make that point to Heather about how many times you watch a movie and she's talking to the TV going, you're idiots. They're doing dumb stuff. I said, here's your chance to prove if they're idiots or not. When you play the game, let's see what your decisions are. When you get to be, you're in control of the character on the screen. That's the character on the table in front of you. And I laugh at one point, the guys were all going to do something that every player would do because that's fun and that's interesting. But she was going, we're all going to die. <laughs> I was like, yeah, see in a real world situation, you would never do this, but your adventure, and that's what we've talked about. Typically, your real adventure in these worlds would have to be literally crazy to do the things they do. Or they soon would be after their first dungeon. Yeah, you would literally be, it would, the PTSD would just, you know, drive you insane. So it's kind of funny. Anyway. All right. Have you had enough of that? Absolutely. All right. Well. We danced around the topic. We hope you enjoyed that. We'd love to hear your feedback. Clock that's nowhere around in Dragon's Nest that we're all out of hit points. (sighs) All that crap.